Hello, family. Welcome to Last Day's Awakening. I'm Jimmy. We are just a few days away from the celebration of Christmas. Not here to talk about Christmas. We are then about a week away from the beginning of the new year. Today, December 21st, is the shortest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. We are at midnight when you are looking at the solstice and the equinox. This is midnight. This is the darkness. This is the time. Some of you are maybe a little bit discouraged that we're still here. And you're wondering, what happened to the fig tree generation? Well, that's what I want to talk about today. So hang with me. We're going to go to the Old Testament and do a little search. So let's start this. Speaking to my own congregation this Sunday, I used this passage from Micah chapter 5. And um, we talked about the season of the year that we are in and the celebration of Hanukkah. I personally do not believe that Jesus was born in December. Some do, and that's fine. Not here to mince words with that. I believe he was born on the first day of tabernacles and on the eighth day was circumcised and that began a new era the eighth day being the new era the, the the new day and jesus the light of the world was on the earth conceived on hanukkah when the light was rekindled in humanity by the by the conception by the holy spirit in mary light came into the world and the parallels with Hanukkah are pretty incredible. But I read this verse from Micah, and I told my congregation to listen in on Wednesday because I would expound on the following verse, the, the two following verses of Micah chapter 5. So I'm going to start with Micah chapter 5, verse 2. If you want to go into your Bible and go there, it says, and this is tremendous promise, promise from Micah. Micah is a contemporary of Isaiah. So this is roughly 700 to 750 years before the birth of Jesus. This is before the fracture of the, of, of the nation of Israel into two nations. It happened under Solomon's son, Rehoboam, when Jeroboam rebelled with the people because Rehoboam was a moron, basically. Um, wanted to tax and spend like crazy. Where have we heard that before? And the nation was fractured into two israel the northern kingdom of israel and the southern kingdom of judah micah prophesies to both of them he prophesizes of the coming destruction of the northern kingdom of israel by the assyrians and that had happened under sennacherib and he prophesied of the coming destruction of jerusalem now sennacherib came down and and he laid siege to Jerusalem, but you know how that turned out. Sennacherib was called home, and the army was decimated by the angel of the Lord overnight. Amazing. But 
the prophecy was of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. And that happened, that happened at the hands of the Babylonians. So Micah is prophesying those things, but he's also prophesying again, prophecy many times has dual fulfillment. And he is prophesying of a later time. He's prophesying of the hope in the middle of all of this wrath that's going to be poured out upon Israel and Judah because they turned away from the Lord. They followed after idols. They sacrificed their children. They did not act justly according to the law of Moses. And so God poured out his wrath. But in the middle of that comes the hope. Here's Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth are from old and from everlasting. Okay, so the prophecy there, of course, is a, is a prophecy that we, we use uh, in our Christmas sermons and, and uh, talking about Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the place of the covenant. Bethlehem is the hometown of David. God made a covenant with David. God is going to keep his covenant with David. The covenant was that from him would be the king. The Messiah would come. So they all knew that the Messiah would be born, the son of David. It would be in the genealogy and the lineage of David. And he would come from Bethlehem. That was a requirement, which really threw off the Jews when Jesus came out of Nazareth. Well, we know the story. He had to go to Bethlehem in the womb of his mother, who was of the lineage of David, with her espoused husband, who was of the lineage of David. And there he was born in Bethlehem. The Jews missed it because they just assumed that because he was Jesus of Nazareth, that that's where he came forth from. And no, nothing good, no Messiah would come from Nazareth. So they didn't do their search. They didn't do their history correctly. That And God probably hid it from them. Okay, so there you go. Now, God keeps his covenant. And that's what I, kind of the theme behind this whole message today is that God keeps his promises. He will fulfill his promise. He is going to do it. We looked at that a little bit last week, how God is laughing at in mockery and in disdain at the nations as they try to shake off the bonds and shake off the uh, shake off the rule of God. And he laughs at them. He will bring about what he has promised. So hold on to that. He did that for David. He promised that David would be the father of that lineage that would bring forth Messiah. And Jesus was born of the lineage of David. Now, you know that he was born in Bethlehem. You know that the promise is that one, the one to be the ruler of Israel, the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem and his goings forth have been from everlasting to everlasting. So this is the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Incarnate. Oh, there's our message. You can't be saved without the incarnation of Jesus Christ. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, you need to rethink your entire reason for being. Because without the birth, the virgin birth, without the Holy Spirit conceiving that child, without the uniting of, can I say it this way, the DNA of God with the DNA of man, there could not have been the God-man, the only God-man who would live out, according to the law of Moses, everything required, and die for the sins of the whole world, and then rise again from the dead on the third day. 
fulfilling prophecy, fulfilling scripture. That's the gospel. That's what we believe. And that's what we believe unto salvation. But it's the next two verses that really are, are interesting to me. And I hope they're interesting to you because God has not lifted his, his, uh, how can I word this? He has not lifted his promise. There is a promise to a generation known as the fig tree generation. We have put that label on it. Yes, I know. But it's from Matthew chapter 24 that talks about the rebutting or the regreening of the fig tree. When you see this all happening, that generation that sees this, plus all of the other signs that we're, we're seeing. Can I say this as nicely as I possibly can? Wake up. The signs are all there. The signs are all there. Brother Tyler did a great video on the signs that are happening right now um, on Generation 2434. Look, the signs are there. You, if, if your eyes are open and you're watching, you see the signs. If your eyes are not open and you're not watching and you're looking for the Antichrist, you're going to miss every sign that there is. If you're thinking that, you know, the rapture isn't till the end, you're not watching. You're, you're not watching. Before I get too far off on a tangent, understand that the fig tree generation is the signaling of the return of secular Israel. The fig tree in, in, uh, in, in, the, in biblical terms is the nation of Israel that is not following after God. The olive tree is, talked about this before on several videos, pointing out that the olive tree is spiritual Israel. When Israel turns back to God and recognizes as their Messiah, that they pierced that they crucified, we see this in Zechariah chapter 12 through 14, when they see the one whom they pierced, they're going to mourn, they're going to turn to him, and all Israel, according to Paul, chapter 11 of Romans, all Israel will be saved, meaning spiritually saved, there the olive tree is reborn, there you have the olive tree, we're talking fig tree, the generation that sees Israel becoming a nation again will not pass, Sounds like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. You shall not pass. That was a squirrel moment. Sorry. So that fig tree generation is still in play, and I want you to be encouraged. I know many of us have looked at Psalm chapter 90, and we've looked at the 80 years, and that that must be the 70 years of a generation, and then 80 is the end of it. The generation can't go beyond 80. I understand that. But you also have to realize that uh, God has his own plan, and he may be looking at 1949 as, as the year because Israel didn't even have a government until March of 1949. It wasn't recognized by the United Nations as the government of Israel until 1949. Uh, 1949. So that was March. Uh, amazingly, March puts us uh, all out to Passover of 2023. And then the days will be shortened. We know that for the elect. All of that comes into play. Don't lose hope. We still have the fig tree generation in play. This generation will not pass. And I'm not even that old. I mean, goodness, I'm almost 64 now. Who'd have thought it? So we're talking about people who are almost 10 years older than I am when they were born. That's the generation. I'm just kind of the tail end here. I'm the I'm the tail. Listen to, the, listen to the sequence of events here from Micah chapter 5, 
first of all, Bethlehem would would be the birthplace of, of the one from everlasting to everlasting, the ruler, the Messiah. But there's a sequence, verse 3. Verse 3, read it with me. Therefore, he being the, the ruler, he shall give them up. So he's going to come. He's going to be born. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. He will be the ruler of all Israel and the whole world and all the nations. He will rule them. And we'll see that at the end of these verses. But they're going to reject him. And God knows they're going to reject him. And the gospel is going to go to the Gentiles because the Jews are going to be released to the Gentiles. They are going to be released to the Gentiles. It's a sad history. They have suffered greatly throughout history. Horribly, more than any other people on the planet, they have suffered greatly. He gave them up because of their rejection. When was their rejection? Before Pilate. We have no king but Caesar. They gave up Messiah. And they were blinded. And the partial blindness, Paul says, is on them until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. So they were given up. And here in Micah chapter 3, it says, therefore, he shall give them up. See, God knows the end from the beginning. This is history pre-written. Prophecy is history pre-written. But look what he says. He says, it's going to happen until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Oh, where have we heard that before? Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock. Now, the idea here. You know, if we, if we could write out a timeline, and I don't have time to do it. I've got other things that are going on this week. I'm so busy. But um, you know the timeline. You understand the timeline that all Israel will be saved at the end of the tribulation. But at midpoint, in fact, at the start of the tribulation, at the start of that day, that time of Jacob's trouble, when the times of the Gentiles comes in, in other words, the fulfillment the fullness of the gentiles comes in it happens before the tribulation can start the gentile bride is raptured it is gone it's a fact it's all over the scripture raptured harpazo caught up gone removed taken psalm 18 delivered snatched away birthed up i mean all the words are there not saul um i mean all of those are they're all there in psalm 18 Every picture that you can imagine of what it means to be delivered or born, the church is caught up, caught up to the clouds. And God returns to the covenant. He's never left the covenant, but now he goes to work full time, completely, eyes focused. That means the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble is not for the church. It's for Israel to bring about the salvation of Israel. Okay. So he's going to, until the time of she who is in labor has given birth, then the remnant of his brethren shall return. You have a picture right there at the start of the tribulation, at the start of the time or the, the, the week of Jacob's trouble, the last Shemitah. There's so many ways to look at this. 
as God begins again to deal straightforward with Israel and directly with Israel, and the rest of the world is falling under the judgments of God, Israel will have a ceiling taking place. 144,000 Jewish males will be sealed. There's so many thoughts that I could go. I'm not going to follow the rabbit trails. There's so many ways that you can look at that. But 144,000 Jewish males will be sealed. I believe they are not sent to the whole world. I believe they are sent to Israel. There will be a remnant that is formed. And this remnant right off the bat will be delivered out of the hands of this world ruler. And Jesus himself will split the way, part the way for them to go into the wilderness. And there they will be nurtured and protected from the wrath of the dragon. Where have we seen all of this before? Where do we see this? Well, that's a really good question. Revelation chapter 12. We saw the sign. The first two verses are the sign. We saw that. We saw that sign take place before uh, our very eyes. Computer, anyway. It was midday for us when, <laughs> when the Revelation 12 sign reached its fulfillment. It, it's zenith, can you say, when Jupiter exited the womb of Virgo. But here's what the scripture says. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. So there's your woman. The woman, of course, represents Israel giving birth to the church. This is not Jesus. It's not Jesus, because we know what happens a little bit later. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. Huh. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven, threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child. Oh, that must be Jesus. Well, that's the traditional how can I say this? That's a tra traditional interpretation of the passage that still comes up in many prophecy teachers, not, not honoring the word of the Lord in, in the book of the Revelation, chapter four, when he's when he tells John when the trumpet, <laughs> the voice like a trumpet calls him up, says, Come up here. And he shows him things that must take place after this. So after that moment, even if you're looking at John being caught up into the into the third heaven, into the throne room to see all of this, it's still it's still 60 years after Jesus has already come and gone. So it's not a repeat of what's before. It has to be after this. I happen to believe it's after the rapture that these things begin to take place. So the child is not Jesus himself. It's the body of Christ. The child is the body of Christ. How do we know that? Because the child is caught up, harpazo. Jesus was not harpazoed. He was not delivered. Think about that. Jesus didn't need deliverance. He overcame. He won. He didn't have to be rescued. He resurrected from the dead, and he, weeks later, ascended. That's victory. It's like, dude. And the angel is saying, 
He's coming back the same way. The whole world's going to see him. Every eye's going to see him. Okay, so he will. He's ascended and he will return. I believe that will be a slow thing. The whole world's going to see him come. It's not the rapture. Not the rapture. That's the end. We'll see that in Micah in just a second. Let me continue my diatribe. This is the church. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Oh, that's Jesus. No, Jesus said he would give to those who overcome. This is the message to the church of Thyatira. He would give to those who overcome to rule with him with a rod of iron. Hmm. Amazing. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Woohoo! Rapture, rapture. But Jimmy, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Yes, it is right there. Right there. <laughs> Calm down. Then the woman fled into the wilderness. So after the rapture, this woman, right? This woman that represents the remnant of Israel, represents Israel. The woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared that they should feed her there 1260 days that's that's half of the week so the catching away happens the woman is protected the woman is israel micah chapter 5 is in play so he will give them up micah chapter 5 verse 3 and he will give them up until let me read it again until the time that she who is in labor has given birth so God is going to give them up until the time after. It, it's in past tense, has given birth. Okay, so yes, God is orchestrating everything concerning Israel right now. He's, he's orchestrating it all. He's never stopped working with Israel. But the visitation of his covenant is about to commence again. But until that covenant commences, let me reword that. That covenant will not commence in earnest until the woman has given birth to the male child. Has given. So for those of you who are in fear because of uh, I don't know, maybe some YouTuber or, or somebody has said, we're in the tribulation period. Uh, the mark of the beast is here. Uh, they're not reading their scripture. They are, they are not following what the scripture says. And there is a sequence of events. The, the mark of the beast will be unveiled. We've seen dry runs for it. We're seeing that, we're seeing that continue. Dry runs, test runs for how easily the world can be deceived and will deceptively take a mark. But the mark of the beast isn't deception. The whole tribulation for the whole world is delusion. It's all delusion. God himself will send a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie because they did not believe the truth. That means the truth has been presented to them. They didn't believe the truth. They're going to believe the lie. That's a scary thought for those who reject the gospel. Uh, not being critical, but I, I, I saw YouTube uh, of someone who was talking about the Sunday after the rapture. I'm telling you the cataclysm of the rapture. I believe this and I could be wrong. So I got to be careful how I say this. I have to be careful, not be so dogmatic, but 
when you begin to see the cataclysms that take place with resurrections and uh, Stan from the 11-11 sign did a great video about that yesterday about the resurrection and the rapture. The earthquake that accompanies that resurrection and the rapture. When you when you look at the cataclysm that will happen, there, there may not be a church standing for people to go to and repent because they've heard the gospel and now they're going to repent and uh, and call out to God and, and we're going to have a great revival after the rapture. Guys, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing the revival among the, the covenant people of Israel where a remnant will immediately turn to the Lord because their eyes will be opened. Their partial blindness will be done away with. They'll begin to hear the gospel from the 144,000 who are sealed and the two witnesses in Jerusalem that show up immediately after the rapture and torment the earth for three and a half years until the Antichrist comes and is given power over them and, and, and slays them. And then they lay in the streets for three and a half days and they have uh, Christmas. Here's, Pastor Sandy did a good video on Christmas being celebrated because for three and a half years, there was no Christmas. So many things that you could look at. And, and yes, a lot of it is conjecture and, and our imagination, but I think God gave us a sanctified imagination too. If we use our imagination, we begin to see how God is working. I want to encourage you to understand that we are still in the generation because it's when this woman has given birth that God begins to rework the covenant with Israel so that they are saved. Now look what it says. Till the time that she has, she who was in labor has given birth, then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. Okay, so now we're spanning. We're spanning the whole seven years. We're spanning the whole Shemitah. God is at work in all of these ways. He does all of these things that the book of Daniel and the book of the Revelation talk about and Zechariah talks about and, and, and Ezekiel talks about. And all of these things are happening for the salvation of Israel. The world has had its opportunity and its opportunity has come and should still be before the whole world right now by the witness of the gospel through his children, through the church. We should still be working and working hard. We should still be working, even though we're watching. We should still be working because it's still in play until the moment the church is removed. Second Thessalonians chapter two, the departure takes place. Immediately, immediately, a remnant will believe, will be rescued into the desert, into the wilderness. And at the end, they will return to Israel. They will return to the people of Israel who have survived. Many will die. Zechariah tells us that many will be slain in Jerusalem. A, uh, a, a fifth of the city will be destroyed. Uh, Armageddon is going to be horrible, but they're going to return. Israel will see them returning. They're going to be coming. And at their at their front at their head at the leadership of that remnant will be the messiah himself the shepherd of israel and he's coming verse four he shall stand and feed his flock that's his word he will he will reveal himself he will convey his i don't know how it's going to happen i think we'll be there i think we'll see it because we're coming back with christ when he comes we're returning with him riding white horses dressed in white 
But look, he will feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Amazing. So he is Yeshua giving glory to Yahweh. He is the Son of God glorifying the Father, and he's feeding his people the strength that he has received and is the strength of the Lord. He's giving it to his people. He's giving the strength to the people. And they shall abide, for now he shall be great. In other words, he'll be lifted up. He'll be exalted to the ends of the earth. And this one shall be peace. Why? Because he's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. So the encouragement, again, the fig tree generation is still in play. Every sign, every sign given in, in scripture by the Lord himself, every other, all the sign, all the signs, nothing left but the rapture. And we still see things, see things happening. Okay. There's a difference between signs given and events taking place, right? There are certain events that take place that are the signposts that are necessary to tell us the season and the hour that we are living in. And the Lord told us we would know the hour. Now, don't quote me the verse, please. Don't quote me the verse. He tells he tells the church in Philadelphia that if they are watching, he, they will know the hour of his return. To Sardis, if they're not watching, they will not know the hour of his return. I mean, it's just clear. It's pretty clear. We'll know the hour. I believe we're in the hour. I, I believe we're there. I believe we're in the hour. Do I mean the 16th? minute period of time no the hour the day the the season i mean there's so many ways to say it we're at the moment we're at the second hand about to click over it's today is is midnight in the northern hemisphere it's it's the shortest day it, this is am i predicting or prophesying the day of the rapture no do i hope yeah be cool we're going to do a a massive dive into the sub-zero weather here in Missouri beginning tomorrow. I don't like that. I grew up in that kind of stuff. I'm getting too old for it. It hurts my bones. <laughs> but hardship and trouble is not why we're looking for the rapture. One last thought here. I had a commenter on my last YouTube, and it was kind of a snarky comment. I, don't, I hope he wasn't trying to be snarky, but basically the gist of it was, Y'all think the rapture is going to happen because you don't want to go through hardship and trouble. And, and of course, the whole idea of that is the church has to go through hardship and trouble to be purified and refined so that we are without spot or blemish. But, you know, the church has had trouble since the very beginning. People have died. People have suffered. People have been put to death. And there, it's it's happening today just because we aren't so much right here in our little bubbles in the United States of America. Uh, persecution is increasing, but that's not the signpost. That's that's always been wars and rumors of war have always been famines have always been since Christ. Pestilences have come and gone since Christ. It's all earthquakes have happened since Christ. But we're in the speed up of the woman in labor and it's intensifying. It's increasing. It's becoming almost it's not yet. Because for the believer, nothing is unbearable. Nothing is unbearable. He will give us the way of escape. Even if the way of escape for the last moment of the last generation is him taking his hand or his voice or the trumpet and snatching us out of here, we'll have a way of escape. 
It is a way of escape. We are looking for that day, but it's not because of the hardships. I know people have suffered greatly in many, many ways. I, my wife and I have, I mean, uh, we, we long to see, we, we long, we long to see our daughter. Some of you know that story of, of our daughter. She, uh, she passed two and a half years ago, went on to, went on to heaven, <laughs> body was placed in the earth and her spirit went to be with the Lord. And now she awaits the same day that we're waiting for. She awaits the day of resurrection. She in uh, 20, early 2015 was diagnosed with ALS at the age of 25. How does that happen? And, and uh, lived with us for her final five and a half years as my wife, her main caregiver gave her care. And, and I did what a dad can do as best as a dad can do it. I think I, we suffered. While trying to plant a church, we suffered. This was, we suffered. Uh, am I crying a sob story? No, I'm crying a, a, a story of joy because I'm looking for the day when I see her. But the one, I want to see her. And I've got loved ones that have passed and I've got friends who have died and, and they're there. They're, they're waiting for the day of their resurrection when their bodies will be raised from the dead that resurrection that cataclysmic day they get to go first we her alive and remain will be caught up hallelujah but the one we're all looking for is jesus our lord that's the one we want to see this is the one this is the one that micah is talking about in the midst of all the wrath being poured out there's hope and our hope is do not give up do not lay aside your desire for jesus and don't say well they keep predicting dates and it keeps going by. I'm just going to give up watching. I'm going to live my life. Nope. Don't do that. Don't let anybody take your crown, the crown of for watching for his appearing. Just keep living for Jesus and keep doing what you're supposed to do. You're part of the last generation. You are. You are. Scripture says so. All right. Come to Jesus. If you haven't come to Jesus, this is the day to believe on him. If you will confess that he is Lord, that's not a flippant thing to say. Yeah, he's Lord. No, you you're, you need to confess and understand that he is the Lord of the universe. He was is the one who will rule all the nations. He is peace, and you need to come to peace with him. He's already reconciled you on his part. Now you need to come into the reconciliation by believing on him that he has been raised from the dead, that he is the king, and he is the one who has taken care of your sins. He's forgiven them. All you need to do is step into him in faith and believe on him. Call on his name. It's applied to you, and he'll show you what salvation is. Do it. Stop waiting. There's coming a moment when it will be too late for you. Father, help us to do your will and to do what you've called us to do because we have the great hope. Born in Bethlehem was the king. The king set his people aside because they rejected him for a time. But now the woman is about to give birth and he will take up that covenant again and work directly for the salvation of Israel. We say, come quickly, Lord, so that that day will come for the Jews. Yes, with great suffering again, but there will be the salvation of the nation of Israel. And we long to see the face of Jesus. 
give us strength in these days and we'll give you praise and glory in Jesus name. And I hope you're saying amen to that. Be encouraged. God bless you. I love you all. And please have a wonderful, wonderful time of celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, no matter when it happened. Mm -hmm.